back with the Pop Optic Walking Dead podcast this week. We're talking about Season 6, Episode 3, Thank You, written by Angela Kang and directed by Michael Slovis. So much to talk about. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pop Optic Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kalsik, TV editor at popoptic.com, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co host, co creator of the site, editor in chief, Mr. Ricky D. Ricky, how's it going? Kate, if ever we are in a zombie apocalypse and I am getting eaten by the thousand zombies, I'll shoot you, you in the head if you shoot me in the head, right? Thank you. WTF, mate. That was high five. Yeah, I was, I tweeted about that while I was watching the show. I could not. Ugh. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But before we get into it, I should end, I should introduce our guest coming back to the podcast, friend of the podcast from Cinema Crazed, as well as, of course, popobject.com, where he reviews The Walking Dead for us. It's Felix. Felix Vasquez. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Can you believe this this lack of mercy killing in this episode? Like they're like standing watching their friend get slowly eaten in an agonizing pain and they're like shooting bullets into the air, but they won't put a cap in the person's head. WTF? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand why they couldn't just give that poor guy, uh, David, a mercy killing. You know? Yeah, they were, it happened like four times. Well, that's exaggerating. It happened at least two or three because I counted at least two where they're standing watching their friend get killed, get eaten through a fence. It's like right, and that's the big problem because with the girl, like they were at least a hundred feet away, but with him, they just stood there. I mean, the the fence could have collapsed. It's like get up and run. And or put the poor dude out of his misery. Like Michonne, you have this big ass long sword. Yeah. Just stab him in the head. Yeah. The pain will go away within a second. Yeah. Yep. And you know what the worst thing is? Is that guy is going to turn into a zombie. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll eat them all. And we don't know. But if he does turn into a walker, then that's one more walker that's going to probably eat one of the people you care about. Yep. Before we get more into this, because we have many thoughts, I know I, I have many thoughts. I assume y'all have many thoughts, but we should say up here at the top because this is specifically very relevant for this episode. This episode of the and every episode of the Walking Dead podcast here at Pop Optic has no spoilers for future episodes. It has no spoilers from the comics. I have not read the comics. Ricky has read most of the comics. Um, Felix, what's your relationship with the comics? Let's remind our listeners. I've been a, I've been a hardcore fan since uh, issue one, and, and I'm well up to date with everything that's been going on. <laughs> okay, so we are not going to talk about anything that has happened on the show that has not happened on the show that is later to come in the comics. Don't worry, guys. We're not doing next week ons. We're not talking about set photos. We're not talking about like interviews on. We, we'll we'll talk of think of a little bit about Talking Dead, but we're not going to talk about anything else outside of, of this. So this is a spoiler free zone. Going back to that, uh, what what you just said, uh, Rick, about the you know they're they're this is just going to be another Walker. 
I kept thinking of that when we have um, Nicholas freaking out about his former teammates um, having coming across them as like this manifestation of his girl, as well as just they're actually physically there. But when they're not killing, like, they're not stabbing their friends in the head or, or shooting them as they're getting horribly eaten. That's what I kept thinking of. It's like you realize that you are now you're pulling a Nicholas right now. Nobody wants to pull a Nicholas. Who are you talking about? You talking about just like Michonne and Michonne and everybody? Yeah, everybody who was not shooting their friends in the head. Like when the first—I'm sorry—I'm just going to call her ankles. When ankles gets eaten, uh, they stop and they shoot some of the zombies right by her. The walkers right by her as she goes down, but they don't shoot her. Isn't her name Betty? I don't. I, I'm not sure. Do you know Felix? I think. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was. I think it was Betty. Right, Betty. There's Betty Crocker, and then there's Betty. But here's the thing. If Rick Grimes was with them, he would have shot the person in the head, no doubt, without even blinking an eyelash. Like He would have shot the person in the head. So as much as you can hate on Rick Grimes, the dude knows what he's talking about. And I'm sorry, he warned Glenn. He warned Michonne. He said, keep moving. They're going to hold you back. And at the end of the day, he's right. As, As much as I would hate to admit it, the dude is right because... You know, you could keep moving, and by, by moving forward, you can save Judith, Carol, and everyone else at Alexandria, as opposed to having these two people hold you back, and then not only are they going to die, but you could die, and then you still don't know what's going on at, at, at Alexandria. And so the whole time I was watching the episode, I'm like, what I would have done was I would have locked them in a car, okay, because there's no way the zombies are going to be able to get into the car, go back to Alexandria... And then once you regroup, get some weapons, get a car, and drive back to pick them up. That's what I would have done. But nobody had any kind of, like, decent plan. It's like, no, we're just going to keep running, even though two of our people can't run because they are injured. It made no sense. I want to say this is something, uh, Felix, it was in your review, though it could have been. I read a bunch of reviews this week about this episode. Uh, But what this one of the things this episode shows is that Michonne is amazing, but she's not a leader because she doesn't come up with a plan. Like like you said, Rick, there should have been some level of a plan and and she just can't come up with one. Uh, Thoughts on that, Felix? Yeah, she was. It it became pretty clear when she was there when they were stuck in that pet shop and she's looking out the window that, 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 that look of dread in her face when the herd is coming on. She's looking at you can tell she's going, oh, man, I'm not cut out for this. And even I went, oh man, uh, you know, f you know the f word. I was like, oh man, she, she, they're they're all screwed because Michonne is, is a great enforcer. She's a great person to talk to, but she's not a leader, and she had no plan to get out of that pet shop. <laughs> I'm just gonna well, say, anyone who's listening to this podcast, they also watch The Walking Dead. So if they can handle watching The Walking Dead, I don't know if we have a policy on this. Rick, but I think they can handle hearing the word fucked. They're fucked. Whoa, whoa, watch your language, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say the F word on The Walking Dead, okay? But you know what, though? The thing is, that's what makes someone a leader. It's about making the tough decisions and the tough call and not worrying about hurting someone. And so that's the way Rick thinks. He thinks about the bigger picture. He doesn't focus on specifically one person. And that is why I love how they have Daryl drive away, even though it doesn't really lead to anything, right? Because at the end of the episode, he basically drives right back to where the episode starts. But the thing is, Daryl is also not a leader because 
he himself could not stay with the plan. He could not stick with the plan. He had to drive away because, of course, he's most likely worried about A, Judith, and B, Carol, right? Those are the two people he's primarily worried about. And so he had to drive away. And at the end, after Rick gives his speech, he re- he realizes, no, I got to get back to my post. I got to get back and do what I'm supposed to do. But even in this episode, it proves that even Daryl isn't a leader. And so, again, each and every single week, we talk about how much we hate the decisions that Rick Grimes makes. But technically, apart from maybe Carol... He is the best leader in the group. I don't think Carol's the leader either. That's the thing. Like, I, I think the show has, at one point, it was because Rick was in dithering at one point, at many points in the show's run, let's be honest. They've gone on the, the, the whirly gig of uh, Rick is a, is a, is just commands everybody and Rick tries to invest in the democratic process and it doesn't work. Um, so at various points, he, Rick's not been a great leader, but um, I think they've done a good job. Whereas in the past it was, should Shane be in charge? Should some of these other people be in charge? Should they have a committee? How should they do things? Uh, I think they've done a good job in really establishing Daryl as a very strong number two. Um, Carol, much as she's too much of a loner to be the leader. I think uh, she's again, she's a very strong uh, number two kind of character, but she doesn't seem to me, at least, to be that that central figure. Can you just think about what you just said? You were calling Carol a loner, but not Daryl, and she's a better leader. Uh, sorry, then Daryl's a better leader than Carol. No, I think not. I think Carol's a better leader than, than Daryl. I said they're, they're both strong number twos, but neither one of them should be the leader. Uh, what and, and I would also say I don't think that Daryl is going back specifically for Carol or for Judith. Because, first of all, he knows Carol can handle herself. I think he's going back for the dream or the I- ideal of Alexandria because he ha- he was tr- wants to protect it. And this is the his how he instinctually reacts to, to defend that I- ideal. I think they've really shown him investing in that by having him volunteer and try to push for going out for more runs to find more people. Um, and by have, when they have the sign, yes, it's a bit on the nose, but I thought that... That imagery of, you know, Alexandria, it's a new, you'll be safe or whatever. Uh, I thought that did, that did work well. Um, Felix, what do you think? Do you think Daryl or Carol uh, could be the right leader for this group or do they not have what, what Rick does? Now, I think, I think when push comes to shove, uh, Carol and Daryl are would pretty much crumble under the pressure. I think the only person that that would be a suitable replacement for Rick would be Abraham. Because Abraham had that strong military ethic where you got to get through to the mission, regardless of what's happening. You know, the world could be on fire, but you have to complete the mission. And that's what Rick was trying to tell everybody. Regardless, complete the mission. These, 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 the Alexandrians are, gonna, are, are dragging us behind them. And everybody gives me that look like, oh, my God, how could you say that? But he was right. You know, mm-hmm. only two Alexandrians have survived this whole ordeal. And, and the mission still isn't complete yet, you know? It's, it's, and the only person but, that really fit into that mold would be Abraham, in my opinion. <laughs> Unfortunately, Abraham's kind of stupid sometimes. So I don't yeah. know that well, here, here, Here's the thing about Abraham. You're right. Abraham's not exactly the smartest kid on the block, but he also has Eugene, who technically is his best friend, and he's got the brains. It's the brains and the brawn. So they would make a good team. So I agree with Felix, and I agree with you. I think we all agree that nobody really makes a better leader for this specific group than Rick Grimes. Um, the other person I'd throw in there, though, to contention would be Glenn, at least if he is alive or if, if he's horribly dead, then that won't really matter. But I think 
I, he's the other person I would think of as having the being able to survive, having a clear view of what's happening most of the time, and uh, being able to make difficult and pragmatic choices. His downfall in this episode is that he puts his faith in the wrong person, and that is enough to get anybody killed. Uh, so shall we talk about Glenn? Yeah, uh, we saw in season three that he's a little bit too guided by his emotions. So I think he would be kind of a flawed leader as well. Because season three, when, when Maggie was attacked by the governor, that's when he, he kind of went off the rails for a while, along with Rick. So. Yeah, Rick's gone off the rails at times, too. But yeah. but more specifically, I think it's time to talk about Glenn. So a uh, quick insta-poll, Felix, and then Rick, and then I'll give my thoughts here. Is Glenn horribly dead? Felix. I I think I think he's gonna come out with the type about by a very tight squeeze. <laughs> okay, so you think he's gonna make it, Rick? I think he's gonna make it. Yeah. While watching the episode, I was convinced he was dead, if only because of the way it was framed. Because they held the close up on Glenn for so long, and we had that emotional, overwhelming score to go along with it. Because of just the way the episode is structured and everything that the episode's about, I was like, they killed Glenn. And that's the end of it, even though technically we don't see his dead body at the end of the, the, the episode. But the problem is, and again, I don't know. I don't write the show. I haven't seen next week's episode. But the problem is we have a show called The Talking Dead, which happens to air directly after The Walking Dead. And each and every single time a character is killed on The Walking Dead, the actor appears on The Talking Dead. And The Talking Dead has a segment which shows everyone that dies in that episode. And Glenn not only did not appear in the segment, but Stephen Young did not appear on the show. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. He could still be dead. It could be the showrunners and the writers knowing that we know how The Talking Dead works and how The Walking Dead works. And so they want to tease us. And now the internet blew up and everyone's like talking about if Glenn is dead and or not dead. Here's the thing, though. I want Glenn to be dead. I don't think he is dead, but I honestly think that if he's not dead, then I don't like the way the, the, the episode ended because we talked about this in the past. It was like the show does not need to put its viewers through the emotional ringer. The show is already tough enough to watch. You know what I mean? Like I could not watch The Leftovers afterwards. I was like emotionally destroyed. I'm like, I'm not watching The Leftovers <laughs> because I'm going to save The Leftovers, even though it's a better show for the next day because I am just emotionally destroyed. I, 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 I would like to think he's dead and I would like to think that um, that Maggie has a reason to continue because, you know, she's lost her sister, her dad, and now her husband. Um, I'm going to hope that, you know, maybe she's pregnant. I don't know. Again, I've only read so far up into the comic book, too. I actually stopped reading the comic book when um, a specific character dies, which is roughly around this point in time. So I don't know. The the way that they handle these, these scenes with Glenn, in, in certain ways, I think is brilliant, and in other ways is a dick move, either way. And here's why. First of all, like you said, uh, Rick, we don't know the level to which they are playing the audience. And if they are just screwing with the audience here, uh, either way, either by manipulating how we what we expect from the Talking Dead or uh, or just not killing him, but making it seem really clear that he should be dead like that. Just putting us through that just to put to have him miraculously escape. It's a dick move. What I do think is 
is brilliant about it is that it could really, for me, the themes of the episode, it could work either way. So either, oh, it's so convenient that he just happens to like get pulled down right physically with, with uh, Nicholas right on top of him. And so that's how he's going to save himself. Or the whole point is that Nicholas physically drags him down, confirming the themes of the episode. It could go no, either way. If if Nicholas pulls him down because he tries his best to save Nicholas, and at the end of the day, it bites him in the ass, then that is what makes the ending good. If Glenn survives, then it's just a cheap way to sort of like trick your audience, and I'm not going to like it. And so we <laughs> won't know until the season's over, I guess, mm -hmm. but we'll see. But the thing is, another thing is that, and it's something we've talked about on the podcast before, long-running shows kind of teach you how to watch them, what to expect, the relationship you should have that they the, the show wants you to have with the characters and with the show as a property. Um, and one of the things most shows, and definitely The Walking Dead, has taught us, if there's a significant character death, it's the last thing that happens. We don't have 15 minutes of Rick in an RV afterwards. That's basically been the case, yeah. Especially for The Walking Dead, um, every every major character has had had like uh, an an ending death. You know, Lori died at the end. Andrea, Andrea died at the end. That's not true, guys. Though he, Tyrese didn't die at the end. There's plenty of characters who didn't die at the end of the but episode. Tyrese oh, has a whole episode devoted to his death and to people's yeah. reactions to it. That's different. Right, but but this has been a buildup for about four or five episodes now. Ever since Nicholas screwed him and everyone over and nearly killed Glenn, and then afterwards chased after Glenn in the forest and tried to kill him. But here's the reason why I was thinking that Glenn was dead while watching it before I turned and started browsing the internet, and people started making me doubt myself. It's because there's a clever callback to season one in which, of course. Uh, Rick Grimes is stuck in the tank and he gets the call. It's, it's right at the end of the pilot and at the beginning of the second episode, Guts. And yeah. Glenn is calling him over to walkie-talkie. And in this episode, when Rick calls Glenn, he repeats the exact same words that Glenn said to him that very day. And so I'm like, that's a beautiful way to end Glenn's storyline. Basically, what I'm trying to say here is I hope Glenn's dead, even though he's one of my favorite characters on the show. Because the thing about Glenn is he's smart, He's agile. He can get around. He's caring. He's always trying to find ways out of a solution and never trying to like settle for the easy way, but, you know, really trying to problem solve and trying to find the best ways to get out of these tough situations. And so it would be sad to see a character like Glenn die. But given the episode they gave us at this point, I'm like, no, he should be dead. See, and that's that callback to the pilot is a really it's a very nice flourish if Glenn's dying, if Glenn's not dead and he's like crawling under the dumpster as some people have speculated then sure maybe it's a callback to the pilot in that it's a similar thing to what rick did in the pilot with the tank but again that like i say earlier <laughs> that's a dick move on the the writers and the the producers part and uh and, and so like them using that you know calling him buddy and stuff makes me think that glenn is dead should be dead there's the symmetry to it but if that were the case then when you having you you strip that death and that the emotional impact of that death of some of its power when you then cut to to Rick like looking in pocket like finding the the RV and then going into the RV and then 
you know, and then trying to start it. Like, there's too much time with that. You could have had Rick get there, that, that interaction with the wolves that, and, and that resolves itself. Then we cut to Glenn. Glenn dies horribly. And then we cut back and we get that same like buddy thing that we got. Like the, the, the use of time in the, like where the death or the potential death is placed in the episode to me was a bit of, of a red flag. Cause just because that tends not to be when these things happen in this show. Yeah, but it's 2015, Kate. Things have changed. TV changes. We talk about this all the time on the, on the Game of Thrones podcast. It's like nowadays, uh, showrunners and, and directors who are writing for various shows, not just specifically The Walking Dead, but some of these people write for other shows. They're trying to find new ways to surprise audiences. So I understand everything you're saying. All, all I'm saying is I'm hoping that he's actually dead because that would be going against the norm. In any normal show, in any normal episode, he would still be alive because we didn't actually see his dead body. And the thing is, I get what you're saying about how they cut back to Rick in the RV. But again, when they do cut back to Rick in the RV, we do get that, that the, the callback to episode one and episode two of the first season. So anyone very familiar with the with the TV show will understand that that is a callback to the very first time he and Glenn interacted. And that I think would be awesome. But here's the question, Felix, if he does survive, how the hell do you survive when you have 2000 zombies on top of you? Well, I, I think, I think, I think, uh, uh, first of all, he, he enlisted that, uh, that tactic that we first saw with Daryl, he put the dead body. I think the dead body uh, strategically fell on top of him. So you have all these, you have all these, all these walkers tearing into Nicholas I think all that all that blood and guts are, are what would allow him to squeeze under the or, or under that dumpster or maybe in, into the dumpster, but from from where he goes from there, I just don't know how they're gonna pull that off, you know? Because they 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 pretty much written themselves into a corner if he survives, because they have to build some really interesting escape for him. I will say if um if he's not dead, or sorry, let me rephrase. I will say if he is dead. I am very unimpressed with the way that the show has handled that. I hate to be that guy, but if, if this is the last we've seen of him, I'm going to be very angry at the show because Glenn deserves so much better. Because if, if we can have a, a long goodbye for Andrea, I think Glenn deserved at least a whole climax to, to him, to that last end, and, and actually seeing his body being torn into, you know? So I think the way it was framed and the way it was cut away from, I think it's an indication that we haven't seen the last of him. I, Rick, I know you have thoughts on this. I'm going to pass it to you. But the thing for me is even more than that. It's if he is dead and they aren't saying, sorry, I, I know R.I.P. Glenn from the official t Twitter. Like, it was hard to let him go, but we love this this character. But it was time. It was just it was the, it's what the story needed. If, they've, if they're stringing along the fans, that's, I think, a really not okay as far as that 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 upsets me even more than I, I i'm fine with how if he's dead i'm fine with how he dies because it fits in with the thematic thread thrust of the season but if he is dead and the producers are stringing along the fans i'm not okay with that where, where are you on this record well here here's the thing okay it could go several ways. They can come up with some kind of ingenious way for Glenn to escape a million zombies. He can slide under the dumpster like Felix was saying. And then there's a, a manhole. You know, who uh, knows? Yeah, a bunch of people show up. I mean, if you if you watch the episode, which is really strange, they're running along. And there's actually a staircase leading up to a door. And for whatever reason, they don't go up the staircase. They go towards the fence, which is not only locked, but there's barbed wire on top. Go figure. 
Um, so who knows? They can come. It's, it's a TV show. They can do whatever they want. Right. But the thing is, is what I'm saying here is. If he's dead and or not specifically dead at the end of this episode, I think he's at least bit or at least something like, I mean, there's a lot of different ways Like to go back to what you're saying, Felix, about how he deserves more. And we should see more of Glenn. We could still see more of Stephen Young, the actor and this character, Glenn, in flashback form and or something like we don't know what they can do. I just hope to God they do something out of the norm. I don't want to see the guy just pop up out of nowhere because a bunch of like army dudes swept in, killed all the zombies with their like machetes, machine guns and saved the day. Like, I just think that it would be lame. And what's, and the thing is this season has started so strong. Like, I think this is the best season so far. I mean, in terms of like the way it starts, like the first three episodes are solid. Right. And, and I, I was arguing with one of my friends about this because I'm so sick and tired of like the walking dead haters. Okay. Like I, you know what? We've heard you. But you know what? The Walking Dead gets better and better with every season. And a lot of shows get worse with every season. So I don't care if you stop watching The Walking Dead. I don't care if the show had problems back in season two, season one, and season three. At least the damn fucking show has gotten better and better and better. So you know what? Eat it. Well, and it's like, you stopped watching the show. Okay, so why do you think you can give a valid opinion about what it's doing now? Because you haven't know. watched it, you know? Walk- I, it gets so annoying to me. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like, the Walking Dead haters have just got to shut up. And we've been um, them at various times, certain levels uh, of it. But not now. It's It's been a really, like you said, Rick, it's been getting better consistently over the past couple seasons. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We We do not know. But I think we all want Glenn to sort of be alive, but only if we didn't see the final five minutes of Glenn stuck underneath a dumpster with like a hundred thousand zombies on top of him. <laughs> like, and, and, and the, the thing is, I will say that as much as I hate Nicholas, um, he's the only person who is smart enough to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. Only person. The only one to save one more. Like when, when Betty was like shooting the people out, I was like, Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's like I said in my review, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's based about, about a lot of hard truths. You know, people, they didn't want to admit to themselves certain things that, that was going on. And I think, uh, I think that that whole, when Nicholas said thank you to Glenn, that was him saying, you know, thank you for believing in me, but I can't do this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he just shot himself in the head, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, and it's a good, different reaction because we're in season six of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see with this Alexandria arc, even like a character like Nicholas has theoretically been out, gone on runs, seen some of the, you know, what this world is now. But these have been a very sheltered group of people. I think it's very valid to have this kind of a reaction from somebody because everybody else who would have this kind of reaction is was dead before the show even started. They They died or killed themselves. Uh, or got, you know, horribly, gruesomely eaten when Rick was still in a coma. So this takes advantage of the specific dynamic of Alexandria to give us a different kind of reaction that we haven't necessarily seen um, and to do it in a way that I thought was was actually rather affecting, all things considered. I have to say something before I forget because I want to say at the beginning of the show. So going back to leadership and Rick Grimes, now here's the thing about Rick Grimes. He came up with a plan to lead 2,000 million zombies, whatever it is, um, away from Alexandra. Great plan, Rick Grimes, even though it's risky. And, of course, everything went wrong. But here's the thing. I think he could have at least 
trained these people how to use weapons first <laughs> before he <laughs> took them out into the woods. And so as good of a leader as he can be sometimes, sometimes it's not just him, it's the whole group. I have to question why you didn't even try to, I don't know, like what, what, when was it? Was it like season two or three or four when they were actually training people to kill zombies? Season two. Season yes. two. Yeah. I'm like, do you not forget everything that happened in the past and how you used to actually train people to kill zombies? I mean, like, why would you take all of these people? Because here's the thing. Because he says what he says in the episode that these people will slow you down. They most likely most <clears throat> they most likely will not survive. I'm like, well, why didn't you train them how to use a knife and gun first? And but that's what gets me angry because every time he tries to, to to give them that truth about training, no one wants to hear it. You know, he's like he's like, we have to train these people. Now I don't want to hear how dare you say that. And then that when they're building the wall and those zombies are coming, and he kind of tells those people, no, you have to learn how to do it now. Fight them, fight them now. Even more, he gives him that look like Rick. How could you do that to them? Uh, he, he's he's doing what's best for them. You know, he's trying to he's trying to train them and show them the hard realities. And no one wants to hear from Rick. You know, and then people are calling him the tyrant, saying he's becoming the governor. But I think his methods are, are cruel. Like I said, cruel but necessary. Well, and I think this. I had a couple of red flags about this episode. I thought it was very strong, but not as good for me. Not compared doesn't compare to the first two episodes of the season for strength uh, or for um, just for execution uh, because there's a couple I had a couple little things that kind of popped up and one of them like you say uh, say Rick was that we get these people you know these Alexandrians who are apparently out there with them wrangling these these walkers who as soon as anything goes wrong we get the guy who's like oh Rick planned this whole thing like I'm sorry. If if these are the people that they took out with them to help on this big plan, anybody who came to help should be a believer, first of all. And second of all, should be somebody that Rick trusts to help, you know, uh, to help wrangle a giant, massive, insanely large horde of zombies. And so there, there was a little bit too much ineptness with these uh, Alexandrians. Uh, I had trouble buying some of them as being on this this crew first of all and then the other thing was we, you're talking about leadership and and in rick's plan which is great and all uh except that we find out there wasn't a destination <laughs> they weren't taking them to a different quarry or they weren't taking them to like they were gonna lock him in like a i don't know a stadium or something they were just gonna walk them a 20 miles away and then just like leave that was their big plan I think, they were hurting, I think they were hurting them into like a, a different town, yeah, uh, but... on a bandit town altogether to, to keep them away from the scent of uh, Alexandria. Yeah, but I'm sorry, that doesn't like have a destination. I know but they like... did. That was a, that was a town they went into. Yeah, they, had a, they had a direction. They were hiding in a pet shop. They could see the herd coming. Because <laughs> they had a direction, not a destination. Yeah, they're like yeah. we've gotten five miles. We want to go fifteen more. It was like. But to to where to like they reach the twenty mile mark on their like pedometer here, and then they just turn around. What if the zombies turn around? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like... sense. <laughs> and, and and you know what? Going back to what you said, okay, you know when you watch a slasher film and there's specific rules, like everyone's seen Scream, right? Like, so like in this show, it's like if you talk bad about Rick Grimes, you're going to die and get bit. And that's exactly what happens to the guy in this episode. So as soon as he starts doubting Rick Grimes and starts talking trash, I'm like, okay, he's a goner. <laughs> it's like 
if if you have one line of dialogue and I don't I don't know your name and you're an Alexandrian, if this is your first line of dialogue, you're gonna get eaten. You're zombie food. It happens to all the Alexandrians here. I like how he's gonna give Michonne a roll of toilet paper that basically says, if you're reading this, I haven't made it. I'm dead. Like no shit. <laughs> <laughs> your wife's not moronic. She's gonna know you're what? dead. It, it continued. It was implied that it was like that was he wrote first, but then there was a longer message. And when when she's like, "You'll you'll give it to her," I'm like, "Dude, he's got he's been bit. Like, just have some grace and take it, and like and say, I'll give this back to you to give to her when we both make it." Like, I thought that was a bit much. And then the shot the shot of that was another one of my little things that felt a little less artful when they have the shot of the letter in the mud and then it gets stepped on. It's like, okay, that's a bit on the nose, guys. It's a bit too much. I think my problem with that scene is just the fact that they should have just shot him in the head. It just only made sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I wasn't so much concerned about what the director and the, or the editor was choosing to show us, but more concerned with the actions and the decisions made by the characters and if it actually made sense. Like, I mean, I know this is a show about zombies, but still within this world, if it made sense for these characters to act the way they act. And it just didn't make sense for Michonne to stand there and watch the guy get eaten alive. Well, especially because they hold that shot. They, 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 they hold on them watching their colleague or friend get eaten many times. So, like the, the, the timing didn't feel right. The, the, the people who've already been through the shit should have moved on quicker and the Alexandrians, uh, like, there should have been a disconnect between the level of their reaction. Um, yeah, there was a few th things like that that just didn't feel quite in keeping with the characters, at least to me. You know what I really did not like about this episode? I always talk about how great the editing is, usually. Like, usually the camera works great, the special effects are great, and the editing and score is always good, right? But the editing didn't make any sense. The timeline was all screwed up because we hear gunshots only after we no longer hear the horn from the truck. And so I'm like, wait a minute, that, that doesn't really work compared, like when you think about the last episode, the gunshots, I mean, I'm trying to think about this. Like, Are the gunshots all Carol? I, I don't know. Like it just didn't make any sense. Like why do we only hear gunshots towards the end of the episode? And the, the horn from the truck stops, I would say about 15 minutes into the episode. Like, it's a the horn felt like it was way too way too long here as well. I don't know, Felix. What did you think about some of this timeline? Stuff? I think um, yeah, they didn't really capture a lot of the a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the there was a lot of consistency there because at the beginning in episode two, um, uh, you had the the the, the, the guard at the watchtower shooting the truck. We didn't hear the gunshots there. Then the horn went out a lot longer this time in this episode. But I think the gunshots in the end were more consistent because there was a because uh, Carol was was um, executing a lot of people in, in in that whole guard from last episode, so I think that end was a little bit more consistent. Fair enough. Or and it could just be that there is more that's happened at Alexandria during this episode that we don't know about. Um, given the the short time frame that this episode should take place during, considering the the hordes only about a half hour behind them, uh, that doesn't necessarily track but it could be something like that as well i wouldn't be surprised if the first half of the season takes place within like one day because we're already on episode three and it's basically covered about i would say three hours of their time and i think there's only six or seven episodes in the first half of the season before they take the mid-season break yeah and there is eight yeah the next episode guaranteed is going to take place within the exact same day but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they extend it even longer yeah, I think they're doing a, a good job 
uh, of changing up, uh, kind of actually returning to sort of the second half of season four approach where we get, where we split the group up and then follow them in roughly the same time frame at different locations. I think that that's served them well in these first three and presumably the next episode we'll see everybody converging back at Alexandria. Um, but I, I think they've done a, a pretty good job with that, but I don't know that I want to see that extended for a full eight. I don't know. Do, do you guys, what do you guys think? Can, can do you think they can maintain this approach all the way through to the mid season break? Well, how many episodes again? Is it seven, eight? eight? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think I think the I think the next two episodes are still going to be devoted to that whole timeline because they had real success with um, last year's uh, season premiere, where you, where you had Carol and and Tyrese in that same timeline with Rick and his group in that in the train car. So I think they're kind of extending that whole formula again into that whole this whole big epic um, herd because cause now Rick is stuck in the middle of the road without a working RV and the herd probably down on him. And and Michonne and Heath and uh, Scott are still stuck in the woods, and we still don't know the fate of Glenn. So I think we have at least two more episodes left of this whole subplot. Okay, but wait, Heath, Michonne are back at Alexandria. Rick they is are? stuck in the RV, aren't are they? they? I don't think they are. Oh, no, they're, they're in the woods. Heath, Heath Scott, and um, and Michonne are in the woods. Rick is in the middle of the road with the RV, and and that whole herd piling down on him. They they come across a burned out town, but there's no wall. We don't see them go through or over the Alexandrian wall. So I thought that that was a different community <laughs> that the wolves had hit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And so the people that attack Rick Grimes in the RV are they the same people that that uh, Morgan, Morgan let let's go. go? Right. Yeah, those when, are. I think those are the wolves. Yeah. And let have a gun. <laughs> Okay, and so the big question, I think, is not, is Glenn dead and or not? The big question is, what's up with Rick? And did he get bit and or did he stab himself? They are, like, super focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he, it's a he, big he, thing. I think I, yeah, when, when he ganked one of the, the walkers, he, he stabbed his hand very badly. But I think, I think it was kind of to emphasize the, the, his persistence of getting to the RV where his hand is bleeding and he, he's just keep going regardless because he patches it up when he's in the RV. Yeah, but the, he keeps, like, fiddling with that bandage. Like, they really want you to notice that. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. When someone gets injured on The Walking Dead, like, maybe you cut to someone tending to their wounds, like, three scenes later when things calm down. But for the director to focus on the hands for so long, <laughs> like, like it's got to mean something. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, the whole the whole source of Rick Smolson has always been his hands. Because in, in episode two, when he hits Merle on the roof, we focus in on his hands. His hands are shaking from from the whole from the whole confrontation. Mm-hmm. So for some for some reason, the focal point of Rick has always been his hands and how he reacts to certain situations with his hands. That's a good point. Um, and it could be a visual element that they are coming back to. Uh, I can't imagine them having something come up where it gets infected. Um, to like a regular just a garden variety infection and they have to amputate his hand just because that would be difficult to film around because it's not like on on game of thrones where they can just like he's got a metal one now when he wears a glove <laughs> you know like i feel that would be hard to to deal with harder than than what they did with uh scott glenn with uh herschel but yeah. um yeah, I don't well, know. Greg Nicotero's talked about it. He said it is problematic because of the budget and because you're doing a TV show and because Rick Grimes is center of the action every single week. It is problematic. 
Yeah. But again, it can be done if you feel it needs to be done. Well, and what else could it be? There are only so many options. Like, unless his hand, like, it, he gets injured and so he can't, like, shoot guns as well or something. Like, it's hard to think of how many different options, the amount of attention they're giving that injured hand, uh, unless they're going to have it get infected with Walker blood and then he's going to die, which I don't think is going to happen either. Um, it's hard to think of what else it could be. In my in my opinion, in my opinion, it's just like a focal point of, of his emotions because... And in, in, uh, it's also a season four when he fights Tyrese, his hand is patched up and that's because like a big focal point of his inability to uh, use, use the gun and, and stuff like that. So I, I still think it's just like a focus on his persistence against that RV that he cuts himself very badly, is gasses himself, but he's still going and going and going and like getting to, back to Alexandria. But then now the wolves happens and, you know. Yeah. Well, I have another question for you guys because I'm. You you mentioned Rick the timeline, uh, and I feel pretty straightforward on the on most of the timeline. But what I'm not quite following is actually the geography of it. Where exactly is Rick, and where is he? Was he trying to take the RV? Who knows? It makes no sense. Like, I I I I I don't know. I mean, we saw him get to the Alexandria Wall, right? That's what that wall was. Well, the thing is, we see him get to the RV, which is where they start. That's uh -huh. where they all group. They all meet up. They start building the wall. So that's basically where it all begins. And so I'm like, okay, so that has to be closer to Alexandria than, say, where Michonne and Glenn are. But then how did Michonne and Glenn end up where they are? And Michonne and Glenn actually end up in the same place where, um, oh, my God, what's his name again? Where What's-his-face died? Uh, uh, Noah. Noah, yeah. That's exactly the exact same place where Noah died, right? Mm-hmm. Is that burned out town? Is that where Noah was from? I don't see. I don't know the geography of no, this no, 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 area no. at all. Uh, no, Noah, Noah, his town was, we've seen it in, in the previous episode. It's when they arrive at his hometown and he goes back to his house. And um, and isn't that the episode in which Tyrese dies? Yeah. 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 But his town was similarly trashed, right? Yep. By, by the wolves. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, like, it looked kind of similar, like the yeah, burned so... out houses and stuff. No, his town no? was quite okay. I don't remember then. No, yeah, yeah. His, his town was uh, raided pretty much like Alexandria. They, 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 they okay. completely crashed down the walls with the truck, and then they burned down all the houses and, and, and dismembered all the people. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just clearly they, there is a bit of of work that they could do that I, I for one, would appreciate if they would do on establishing uh, a geography for this area. I, I like to think on the shows that I watch, it's like uh, like when you're doing a D&D &D campaign or, or other uh, tabletop RPG campaign, you, you want to think that the, the GM knows what the map looks like, even if they're not giving you all the information. I, I want to think that the writers ha actually do have a map <laughs> in the Bible, the show Bible, of where everything is. Um, I don't know that they do, but it's very confusing to me. I have a hard time following just how, how far they've traveled, how distance, the distances, all the different places are from each other and what is in each surrounding area. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure they know, I mean, they have to, because they're working with different directors and different editors. And like I said, especially if these three and or four and or more episodes are all taking place within the same day and or a few hours, they must have some sort of visual guide, like a map end or something. You know what I want to ask you guys, though, or actually remind you about, is when Laurie died, we didn't see Laurie die on screen. No, we didn't. That's true. 
we trusted that Carl actually shot her because he said he, he, he delivered did. the kill shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know because we never saw. She can come we back never... next week. <laughs> That's very true. It's, it it's, definitely it's, the case. It, it, it happened with Andrea too. We heard the kill shot with Andrea, but we but um, it was confirmed that she died too. So, well, no, it, but with, with her it was different because we we still had a shot of Michonne pointing the gun at her head, and the gun went off. Even though we didn't see her brain splatter everywhere, like we still had the shot of when she shoots her. With Lori, we cut away. The shot's not in the room. The shot's from outside of the room, and we hear the sound effects. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you're right. This wouldn't be the first time that the, the actual death that the show all but confirms for us happens off screen uh, if Glenn is, in fact, dead. That's true. Okay, so here's how the series is going to end in 10 years, because it's going to take 10 more years before they decide to cancel the show. The last <laughs> shot is going to be Lori, a zombie. Zombie Lori. Well, I was going to ask uh, if if Glenn, is, let's say for just for discussion's sake, that Glenn is dead. But if what we're going to see him again, do you think we see zombie Glenn? Do you think we see flashback Glenn? Or do you think we see like head dream flowy Lori dress kind of Glenn? <laughs> oh Not God. necessarily in the floor, flowy Lori, Lori dress, though. I, I think Stephen, you could, you know, could probably rock that if you that wanted. Is, that but... is amazing. Um, what do you I, think? I personally think we're going to see one and two, option one and two. I think we're going to see, if he's dead, I think we're going to see a flashback of Glenn, and I think we're going to see zombie Glenn. Are we finally going to get our, our our wedding episode? Our prison yard, lovely, like with all the farms and Herschel's there. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can I be a little uh, uh, walking dead geek for a second? Go for it. Even even though even though Rick Rick, uh, Rick uh, says that. Um, that we didn't see Lori die. Um, it was confirmed um, in the next episode when Rick saw the walker had consumed Lori's entire body. Yeah, but the, okay. again, that could have been no. any body. There were a lot <laughs> of bodies first, around the place. That was Rick's entire body because the, the whole gestated stomach reminded him of Lori. It looked like a pregnant walker. Right, that could have been. It could have been any, when we talked about this on our podcast, we got a huge <laughs> argument about it. It could have been. All, all we're saying is like, yes, most likely it is Lori. But what we're saying is, because of the way TV works, normally if you don't see someone die on screen, they can come back. Now, of course, Lori's dead. They can, the, the showrunners have confirmed Lori's dead. Okay, we're just joking around here. <laughs> but, but the thing is, you know what? Actually, there's an interesting statement which I really got to find. Um, in which they actually confirmed that we are going to see Glenn again, but they are said... We... So, is that the spoiler? Are we saying that? <laughs> well, it was released by AMC. Talking Dead, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was from... Um... Gimple. Gimple? Yeah, it was, on, it was on Talking Dead. That That's another one of those... If we're talking about it, then, then we're talking about it. So, if you don't want to hear about this, uh, listeners, turn off now. Okay, you've been warned. But but it's not a spoiler because it says it's not a spoiler because what it says is and again this goes back to just about any TV show like even Game of Thrones like the whole Jon Snow thing, right? It says in some way we will see Glenn, some version of Glenn or parts of Glenn again. <laughs> that can mean anything. Parts of Glenn can mean that we're going to see yeah. him hey because he got eaten by a zombie. Is that perhaps in person or in a flashback? So it could be anything or everything at this point. Well, yeah. but it also says this is a very difficult story to tell, and what we see is not difficult. So, what the the that very carefully worded, I would assume, statement 
what that tells me is like, okay, what's hard? There's nothing difficult about what the story we saw. I mean, it's people are upset that Glenn may, might be dead, of course, but it's not like there's like lingering issues that need to be resolved with Glenn. So well, I think the big problem is what's going to happen with Maggie. That's my prime concern because the thing is, it's like, you know, I don't want Maggie to turn into Sasha for three episodes where she's considering committing suicide and walking around with all depressed. And I mean, I, I wouldn't blame her for being depressed, but I'm just saying, you know, I don't want because lately we haven't seen and we complained about this last season with Maggie. Like we were talking about how ever since Maggie and Glenn, quote unquote, got married, even though we didn't see it on screen, they've been different and they haven't. It, Maggie hasn't been the same Maggie that we loved in previous seasons. And so what are they going to do with Maggie's character? And that's why. I was just thinking that, you know, you talk about my my uh, intuition. I mean, look, I honestly believe Glenn's going to come back. I do not want to believe that Glenn's going to come back, but I do think he's going to come back. But I think, like, they're going to do something where she gets pregnant and or something. She's going to have a baby. Like, for if they want to keep her around, they're going to do something with Maggie. And it's got to relate to Glenn, you know? So that's the, the only thing I can think of. There was a moment in I, the first episode of the season where... Glenn and Maggie were talking in the middle of that um, that group shot. You know, we cut uh, uh, deciding who would do what and who would go where. And, and Glenn volunteered, and uh, Maggie it like was implied that it, that she wanted to volunteer instead or something. And he he said that she was needed more there with with Deanna. And um, she said something about yeah, but that's not the only reason you want me to stay. And he said no, mm. it's not. Um, that I got kind of a, because you're, you're, you would be killing zombies for two <laughs> kind of vibe there. But I don't know if I was just inferring that I kind of, I, I get a little frustrated when the only storyline that writers can come up with for, for women after they're in a relationship is, well, let's make them pregnant. Uh, it would change up the dynamic and hopefully they would do something different with Maggie than they, they did with Lori or, you know, than they've done with some of these other characters before, but um, I did get a bit of a maybe that's where they're going kind of vibe from that first episode of the season. I don't know if you guys remember that moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's yeah. why I think that she's having a baby for that very I, I, specific moment. I, I assumed it was just because um, she has very diplomatic um, leverage with Deanna. That's that's how I perceived it. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, because that's definitely there too. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, do we have uh, any other elements of this episode that we want to dive in with or, or other thoughts? I guess oh, we have The really... argument with Heath and um, Tone I thought was great. Oh, that's yeah. a great point. That was a very good scene. Yeah, because once again, regardless, he was telling the truth that uh, Heath hadn't seen anything of what they've seen in this world. I didn't, again, I wasn't huge on the callback to it later. It felt a little too on the nose where he's looking down in the in the 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 river or whatever the stream and sees his like again i didn't combination of not it didn't look great and then also it was like okay yeah but you're not dripping you've got some blood on your face and you've had a bad day but that doesn't compare at all with you know what the levels of what michonne was talking about so i don't know i that was one where i really liked that first scene but i didn't it wasn't his. Uh, what are you talking about? Kate? He had that day. He watched two people get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying, like, That's on the help. scale of what Michonne has dealt with, 
that's not you know two of your friend you're walking around with two of your friends on in former friends on chains and you've knocked out their teeth and cut out their arms and you don't really talk anymore like on the scale of what michonne has dealt with that is not even doesn't even register yeah but michonne's a stronger person than he is yes. at least yes what there's we've that so far yes yeah, I like, I like in the, the whole thing in my review to like, uh, to, to Vietnam, you know, Heath and the Alexanders are finally seeing combat. And I think that was whole, he's, um, reflecting on, you know, I'm finally seeing the, the carnage of what this world is capable of, you know. He's finally seeing what, what Michonne was telling him that, you know, that he hasn't seen anything yet. Well, he still hasn't seen anything yet. I mean, what has he seen? He's seen two people get eaten alive, but he already knows that walkers eat people. What he hasn't yeah. seen is he hasn't seen crazy people like the governor with an eye patch that keeps heads in an aquarium. That is the shit that he hasn't seen yet. He hasn't been welcomed to his new home with these Crosby <laughs> offering uh, people on the grill, you know? Like, yeah, he hasn't seen his best friend really get gang raped by a bunch of guys, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot that he hasn't seen yet. Ooh, yay, welcome to the show, Heath. <laughs> well, the, I guess the last little detail I'll mention, uh, which I thought was such a creepy and a, evocative little bit of, um, I guess, set design, um, the the skeletons of the pets left in the cages, the pet store, was really affecting to me. Did you guys have any other little details like that that you wanted to mention, final thoughts on the episode? Yeah, I was confused about the skeletons. I just assumed that they had starved because they hadn't been fed. How long does it take for the body to decompose? Well, how long since the zombie apocalypse? Well, we don't know. That's my question. How long <laughs> has it been? Because, I mean, Carl looks like he's 17 already, but, you know, a, Judith is still, like, two days old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what exactly is the timeline here? I think they said about, uh, about two years, maybe. Two years? Two yeah. years. Judith is still like she's not even walking. Yeah, she's not a toddler. But Lori, Lori had to be pregnant for a while. <laughs> like nine months. <laughs> yeah, that takes. That's a, nine months is a significant chunk of two years. I could be wrong, but I, I remember them saying two years. They're doing. They're doing a lot of hand waving with, with the kids. I mean, I actually think that is part of why we're not seeing much of Carl this season. But uh, and then uh, the other thing I'll say hopes for next few episodes. Um, I've really liked what they've given a lot of the characters to do in this part of the, the start of the sixth season. But it's t Daryl needs an episode. It's time. And you know what I think they should do? I think they should flash forward like I don't know three years. That would be great. That'd because, be very smart. Because it would solve the problem with a guy like Carl, the actual actor Chandler Riggs, who ages like really fast. I mean, I don't know how old he is. He must be 16 by now, but he, you know, in the show, he's supposed to be 12. And it also solves the problem with the baby. Yeah. Well, like resolve this whole horde thing, defeat the wolves, and then, you know, go at the mid season, like mid season finale, end with like a. X number of years later, I think, it, especially if Alexandria is going to be around for a while, which is currently what we're the uh, what we're operating under that premise. Right. Um, I think that would be a very wise move. What and do you, you think, come Felix? Back, you come back, you do your Christmas episode, open up a new season, <laughs> new terror, new enemies, new wolves, zombies, mummies, whatever you want, helicopters, dropping bombs, you name it. I wouldn't put it past uh, Robert Kirkman to do something that radical. He has, uh, he has, he has, he has that tendency to, to try to, um, even though he works with AMC, you know, very closely, 
he really tries to work. He, he sometimes works against them when it comes to the comic book and the show. So who knows at this point? It could it could fast forward. Like I said, it would, like you said, it would it would uh, solve the whole problem with Judith because that's my main problem with the show right now is they've written themselves into a corner with Judith. So, I want to ask you a question, Felix, before we end the show. We've talked about this many times on the podcast, but I'm going to ask you. Do you think that AMC and the show can afford to lose Andrew Lincoln? Like, is it possible for them to kill their central character in the show? <coughs> um, for, from, and, and I'm not talking about from a creative point of view, but from just a business point of view. Like, would it hurt the show in terms of ratings, in terms of viewers, upset viewers so much that they would stop watching? I, that, that's a very, that's a very, very tough question because... And Andrew Lincoln, in my opinion, is very underrated. Uh, very underrated, especially in his portrayal of Rick. I think the show will lose a lot if if Andrew Lincoln left. The show will lose a huge portion of his dramatic weight. And everybody everybody thinks, oh, hand it over to Daryl. But I don't think Daryl's a strong enough character to handle the show by himself. You know, so I think the show will lose a lot if uh, Andrew Lincoln left. I would, hmm. I, I, I don't think I would stop watching, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, here. You know, Game of Thrones, there's a very big actor character that dies in the ninth episode of season one. So The Walking Dead, they can afford to lose Rick Grimes on season nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's hard to think of anything that the show could do that would lose it a significant chunk of its audience share overnight. It could start a decline that whittled you know, way over time where it became like every other show on TV, which tends to lose viewers steadily after, say, the the fourth season, fifth season, um, which Walking Dead has not yet done that. Uh, But it's hard to think of anything that they could do that would get, create, cause the phenomenon that is The Walking Dead to derail. But again, financially. I would kill off Rick like Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. You know they're having that they're having a big war, and Rick just just dies sitting in front in the middle of the the battlefield with with gun in hand, and he just fades away slowly while everybody else is is, is combating the enemy. You know, that's, <laughs> but, that's but, how I would but, the character. But the thing is, going back to what you said, Kate, again, the show improves with every season. Like season one was short; it was only six episodes, so there's only so much they can do. Season two, people complained about it, you know, especially the whole like searching for for uh, Sophia thing, right? And then season three, they did something completely different. Even though people had problems with it, they were still doing new things and moving to new places and introducing new characters. But it's it's gotten better and better. And so that is why the show is still popular. So even if they kill Rick Grimes, so long as the show keeps moving forward and gets better and they keep adding new cast members, especially if the cast members are big time actors that we love, like Chad Coleman, it should be fine. I mean, the thing is an enormous success. And the reason why I ask this is because in this episode, there is something wrong with his hand. So you never know. You never know what they're going to do. And again, they don't necessarily follow the story from the comic book. So you never know. You do never know. Um, I will say, though, that um, viewership is not an indicator of quality uh, at all, based on what a lot of the most popular TV shows are on, uh, at least network TV. Um, Yeah. That I think this I agree that The Walking Dead has been a really good season um, and been very strong the last few years, but uh, I just couldn't help but throw in that thought there. Um, but anyways, I think we're I think we're all de- deaded out uh, for this episode, I, and I think so much of this of our reaction to this episode is going to depend on what happens with Glenn and how that is handled and executed 
regardless of what the solution is um if they pull it off i think that'll help if they deflate if they, if, if they don't pull it off that could really hurt this episode i think in retrospect but for now uh thank you again felix so much for coming on the podcast where can our listeners find you and your work online um <laughs> i can be found um on cinema crazed and on at the strange kids club and i also write for pop optic uh, often and and speaking of pop optic we want to mention again we mentioned it last week we're going to mention it this week and until the uh until t- it runs its course but ricky what do we have going on at pop optic right now we have a very important fundraiser. Um, we're trying to raise some money to keep the site and the podcast alive. And I spent the past week looking for options, cheaper a cheaper service. And uh, I've spoken to some professionals. And the, the company we, we are with and the service we are with is actually the best deal. And we're actually lucky to have it because they're giving us a special deal. But it's still bloody expensive. And someone asked me why we are asking for so much money. So just to make a long story short... Our website, I mean, I don't necessarily want to make this public, but our website costs a shitload of money per month. Like, it, it really is expensive because of the bandwidth and the amount of articles and disk space that we have. It's not just like running your own blog and you're the only person that blogs. It's eight years old. It has 20,000 plus articles, videos, a thousand podcasts. It's super expensive. And the only way to keep the website going is for us to try to reach as close as possible to our goal so we can't really offer much, which really sucks. That's what I feel bad about. But, you know, if you listen to our show and you want to co-host our show and or even if you want to do a special show, like maybe you want us to do um, a podcast about George A. Romero zombie movies and or something, um, there is a perk. So if you donate, you can guest host our show and and or pick a topic and or whatever you like. So, yeah, all the information is on our website and we're using Indiegogo. And we did have someone uh, elect to co-host Game of Thrones with us next year. That was one of the perks. There's still one more of those left. So if you are a Game of Thrones fan, that is also an option. If you're a fan of the Pop Optic Game of Thrones podcast that Ricky and I co-host, as well as, of course, there are there are two available for Walking Dead co-hosting. Um, and I know that that is an interesting thing to to uh, a significant portion of our of, of our listenership so check out check all that out over at indiegogo and specifically at, at pop optic uh, also happening right now it's we're heading towards uh halloween so we're finishing up the horror theme and you still got your insane list of 200 horror movies that you're putting together ricky yeah i'm almost done i think i have like five capsule reviews left to write but it will be published before halloween 200 reviews i've seen a lot of horror films. I know my horror films. So <laughs> check it out over at popoptic.com. I also review The Leftovers, which is sort of like The Walking Dead, along with Simon Hallow. And I also do a movie podcast called Sort of Cinema. Again, popoptic.com. And I am uh, also... <laughs> And I'll, I am reviewing Doctor Who at Pop Optic right now. Of course, there's also the Televerse, which is the weekly TV podcast I host over there as well, uh, covering the rest of TV that isn't The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, and uh, lots of lots of interesting TV. A big one of those, of course, being The Leftovers, which is having a fantastic season. But you can check all that out at popoptic.com. And if and if you want to read my thoughts on Heroes Reborn, you can check that out right now at AV Club as well, because that's another thing I'm doing right now. Can I just plug Felix's reviews for The Walking Dead? Because they're pretty amazing, and you can find them on our website. So check them <laughs> out. Like, it's awesome. I read your reviews every time. Or actually, I didn't read it today because you were coming on the show. But every week before we do the podcast, I read your reviews. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys should check that out at Pop Up Day going up every Sunday night. Um, but again, thank you, Felix, for coming on. Next week, we'll be back to talk about season six, episode four, Here's Not Here, Ooh, written by Scott Gimple, directed by Stephen Williams. The Whenever Scott Gimple's name comes up as the writer, you know something's going to happen. So we will be back to talk about that next week. But for now, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Pop Optic Walking Dead podcast. Crumble to the sea There will still be you and me to you it will be done 
Crumble to the sea. 